All right, so let's get right to work. We got to go right now into the Word. All right, so what I want to say to you this morning is uh, the difference in the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. And how can you know the difference in the Old Covenant and the New Covenant? It's because of what God has done. I read this morning, I'm not going back at these things this morning. I gave you this morning Ephesians chapter 2, and I showed you that we are made not by the blood of Christ. My message is the blood of Christ. Because I taught you on the gospel of Christ. Let me show you something. Go to the book of Galatia, uh, chapter 1 and verse 6. See, everybody has been called to the gospel of Christ. Everyone has been called into the grace of God. People won't, relieve, won't leave their religion tradition. But I believe it's going to start happening. I believe it's going to be when, when, you, when you get to know people up in there, you get out of there. Because people, God calls us. When you preach the gospel of Christ, God is calling people out of religion and tradition into the grace of Christ. Galatians chapter 1 and verse number 6. Galatians 1 and verse number 6. Here we go. I marvel. See, I need you to do it. Read with me. You know, read different. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ. See, that's what God did. He called us into the grace of Christ. He says, I marvel that you were called into the grace of Christ. You went to another gospel. And that's where people at. They're not at another church only, but they're at another gospel. And I told you there's a gospel of uh, Jesus Christ. Mark chapter 1, verse 1 through 1 and 2, 3, 4. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you got to understand the gospel of Jesus Christ has John baptism. They baptized with the water. They had to repent. You're, you're in another gospel. And then the gospel of the kingdom, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the gospel of Matthew chapter 4, verse 23, talk about the gospel of the kingdom. Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom. Jesus' the disciples preached the gospel of the kingdom. That's another gospel. And there are people still under the law. That's another way. See, God has called you to the grace of Christ, to preach Christ's death, being resurrection for your salvation, and the blood of Christ as already the payment for your sins. That's the, that's the gospel. People don't want the blood of Christ for their sin. They want to say, I was baptized in Jesus' name. I was baptized. That's not going to save you. I'm going to show you in the word of God. That's not going to save you. Only thing can save you from your sins is Christ's blood, the blood of Christ. All right, in verse number six, Paul says in verse 7, let's go there, Galatians 1 and 7. Paul said, there's not another gospel in verse 7, but there's some that trouble you and will pervert the gospel of Christ. See, and verse 8 said, but though we are an angel from heaven, listen, we are good. If we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than we preach, have preached to you, let him be a curse. In verse number nine, as we said before, say I again, if any man preach any other gospel to you than that we have preached to you, let him be a curse. Verse 10, for do I persuade man or God? Do I seek to please men? If I yet please men, I should not be a servant of Christ. So he's telling you there's no other gospel. Somebody preaching you something else, let them be cursed. I don't think we realize what he's saying. See, when I begin to see this, I'm going, whoa, wait a minute. What is the gospel of Christ? I got to get to preaching this because I preach anything else. God cuts me off. That's what a curse means. You fall from grace, cuts you off. 
All right, so we're talking about the blood of Christ. Now, the reason why we talk about the blood of Christ, last week, this is what I said. I said, what's so important about the blood of Christ? Now, the next message that's going to come will really tell you why. That'll be the why, the next message. But I'm showing you this message. This message is preparing you. Every message prepares you for another message. Last week, two weeks ago, I talked about the gospel of Christ. Now I'm on the blood of Christ. Then I'm going to get to show you something else that Christ has done. I'm, everything is preparing you for what I got coming, what you got coming the next time. All right. But I gave you the word atonement. And then I gave you some definition for the word atonement. I told you the atonement means to cover. Cover sin. In the Old Testament, sin will only cover it. And I'm going to show you in the word of God when they were covered, even when they did animal sacrifice. We're going to go to Hebrew chapter 10. When they did, when they did animal sacrifice, the sin were covered. Now, the sin were covered mean God still remembered them. He had forgiven them and they went on their way, but he still remembered. Now, that's the difference I'm going to show you in the new covenant. The new covenant, he does not remember no more. So that's one comparison I'm giving you up front. Now, people still remember, but not God. So that's what you got to understand. All right. Now, that word atonement has to do with Passover. See, when you hear the word Passover, and God showed me this when I was preparing for this message, if I was still doing Passover right now, if I was still doing Passover in the church, we call it Holy Communion and all these other pretty words. But if we were still doing that, I have not accepted. Remember, watch what I'm telling you. Let me go to this camera. If, I, if I'm still doing Passover at this church, I have not accepted Christ's blood washed away my sin. I can't say Christ's blood, the blood of Christ washed our sins away and still do Passover. Because Passover is just the opposite of God washed my sins away. Passover means he passed over my sin. He covered my sin, but he still remembered it. See, I got the whole Old Testament to tell you that God remembered everything Israel did. That's why he did it, because they sin was just covered. In the new covenant, God didn't just cover your sin. He, he washed them away. They don't exist anymore. See, if anybody, see, that's why you got people who tell you, I forgive you. But at the same time, they still bring it up. How can you bring it up if you forgave me? That means if you forgave me, you don't remember it no more. That's what it means to forgive. All right. Now. Let's go, let's go. Before we go to Hebrews, let's do the last thing we did this morning. I told you we're going to do a couple. I did Isaiah, and I, I, I read Isaiah, but I, I, I need to go there and hook it up. Somebody said, hook it up, Pastor. All right. So let's, let's look at Isaiah. And we're going to look at Isaiah 43. Isaiah chapter 43. Now watch, watch this thing, how God did. See, this is the thing. When I be, my wife started, started me on this, and man, I began to see them going like, wait a minute, I'm missing something. Isaiah 43, 25. Now, this is what God told Isaiah. He said, I, even I, 
am he that blotteth out thy transgression for my own sake, not for, the, for Israel, and will not remember thy sins. Now remember, I'm going to show you when you read books like Psalm 78, so you want to mark that because I'm going to show you something in there. Those books that God, Psalm 105, I mean, God is rehearsing everything that Israel did, and it wasn't right. But he let them know I hadn't forgot that, how you treated me. What I did for you didn't the way you treated me. See, God is telling, that's the whole Testament, Old Testament is full of that. But you don't see that in the New Covenant. God only tell you how much he loved you. See, that's, that's, you got to really, if you can hear the difference. In the Old Covenant, sin was forgiven. New, um, they were forgiven, but they were covered. And God still remembered. Let me show you that before I go. Go, go to uh, uh, Job 31, 33. You and Psalm, back up. Before, before Psalms is the book of Job. In Job 31, 33. Watch what, watch what Job going to say. Well, let me say the book of Job, so I don't have to clarify that. In the book of Job, chapter 31 and verse 33. In the book, in the book of Job, 31, 33. If I covered my transgression as Adam, well, how do we know Adam covered his transgression? Because we saw the Bible. He took fig leaf, didn't he? Did he not? We're going to go back and show you. We'll show you Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. Adam said, if I covered my transgression as Adam, how did he do it? By hiding my iniquity in my bosom. See, people can cover their transgression, act like they don't know nothing about it. Isn't that something when people do something, then act like they don't, know, don't remember what they did. What, what are you talking about? See, what they're doing, they're hiding it. Right. But, but, but God still sees all, knows all. All right. Now, I'm just, I'm just going to show you that, that one verse that I just told you. Let's go to Genesis 3. Adam hid, Adam hid his, yeah. And that's what they did in the Old Covenant. When they didn't want God to see it, they hid it. But see, God sees all, knows all. But the thing about it is, it's so awesome to tell you that God do not remember your sins no more. I mean, that, that just blows me away to know I serve a God. And if, if anybody bring up anything I did wrong, God said, I don't remember that. Genesis chapter 3. Now, that may not mean nothing to you. But I know I had raised a lot of hell around here. Genesis chapter 3. Let's look at verse 7. See, some of y'all been, you know. Couch potatoes. Let's, Genesis chapter 3, verse 7. Are you there? Here we go. And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked. Watch what they did. They sewed fig leaves together and made themselves apron. What were they doing? They were hiding their iniquity, wasn't they? They were covering up their mess. And see, that's the thing about what people do. You know what I mean? They, they, I don't have to get into your mess. I'm not here to, to mess with your stuff. I'm just showing you that Adam, what Adam did with him. Somebody say amen. I'm not going to read all that. I just want to show you a verse. Now, look, look at Jeremiah 16, 17. Jeremiah 16, 17. I'm, I'm headed to my message. Jeremiah, after Isaiah and Ezekiel. Isaiah, I'm sorry. You got Jeremiah before Ezekiel. You want to look at chapter number 16. Some of these you should mark in your Bible. Jeremiah chapter number 
16. And verse 17, the Bible said, For my eyes are on all their ways. Watch this. They are not hid from my face, neither is their iniquity hid from my eyes. So my point is, in the Old Testament, God forgave them, but he still saw and remembered everything they did. Is that right? Because God looking out now with the pence, God looked in the heart, right? All right, you remember that verse. All right, just going to move on to the new covenant because I want to get there because I want to show you something. Now, you and Jeremiah, look at 31, 33. Let's go on over further. Jeremiah 31 and 33. We're going to look at 33 and 34. Jeremiah 31, 33 and 34. Won't take you somewhere. Now, this is a new covenant in your Bible. It started at verse 27, and you read it down to verse 34, but I'm not reading all that. I just want to read Jeremiah 31, 33. Watch what it says. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will. Everything is I will. Watch this. I will put my laws into their inward parts. I'm going to write them in their hearts. I'm going to be their God and they're going to be my people. And they should teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother saying, know the Lord. For they shall all know me from the least to the greatest. Why? For I will forgive their iniquity. This is one of the things God said he's going to do. I'm going to forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. Now that's an awesome thing that God already promised. Did he do it? Yes, he did. But to the kids, we got we to hold on to that because there are people who will tell you in a minute. Let's look at that new covenant. Let's go to Hebrews 10, 15. See, you got people that they're sin conscious. They don't believe the Bible. You can read it over and over and over to the Bible. Now, you're going to tell me that God don't remember your sin. Are you going to tell me there ain't no more sin and all this stupid stuff? And then you turn around and say, Christ already died and paid for sin. Well, I mean, they're still there. Let me ask you a question. If, if, if I give you a, a, a amount of money, no, you give me. Let's do it that way. If you give me right now, a million dollars, because that's what we have on this church right now. We just fell under one. We just dropped under one. Somebody say amen. So if you gave me, if you gave me 990 some thousand dollars right now for this church to pay it out, would that be okay, Brian? You, you, you think I would bring it back up again to them? Right. But we thank God do something for us and, and, and he just rub it in. No. All right. Now, here it is. Hebrews chapter number 10, verse 15. Let's show you something. And Hebrews chapter 10, verse 15. This is what Paul, see, when Paul told these people in Hebrew, they just couldn't believe it. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 15. Whereof the Holy Ghost is a witness to us, Paul says. After that, he has said before. He said, look, God already said this. I just showed it to you. Isaiah, uh, Jeremiah already said, this is the new covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. Here it is. I will put my laws in their heart. I will put my laws in their mind, and I'm going to write them. And their sins and iniquity, watch this, I will remember no more. Now, that's what God says. And you got people saying, well, you know, y'all, you can believe that Bible, but you can. that's your problem. You're not a believer. You're an unbeliever. You can't believe some of the Bible. 
All right. He said, I, and their sins and iniquity I remember no more. And then he said, now where remission of these is, watch this, there's no more offering for sin. So if the sins are not done away with and there's no more offering for sin, how you get rid of your, how you got rid of yours? Let me ask you a question. If there's no more offering for sin, how you get rid of yours? See, you, 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 you got to stop playing. I won't tell you what you plan, but go to chapter 10, verse 1. We're going to come to this camera. Hebrew chapter 10, verse 1. Now, why is he going he gonna to bring you up? He's going to say, now, the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the thing. Watch this. The law can never with those sacrifices, all those sacrifices they did, which they offer year by year continually, they could not make the come of their earl perfect. Talking about this, the conscience. For then would they not have ceased to be offered, because that the worship was once purged, that's the word right there, purged, should have had no more conscience of sin. If the law could have did it, you wouldn't have no more conscience of sin. This is how people have to know they saved. If you still got the conscience of all your sins, you're not saved. Look at, why you write that? Look at Hebrew chapter 9 right there. And verse 14. Because that's how God saved us. When God saved us, he washed our conscience from sins. The Bible called them dead what? So you don't go around sleeping every night, oh man, I just, this thing just don't leave out, it won't leave my mind, all this stuff I've done. You, you need to get saved. See, people don't understand what, what God is saying. When you get saved, he'll wash the soul out. He'll wash the soul with his blood. You won't have all that stuff. You can go to bed, you have peace, you have rest. Hebrews 9, 14. How much more the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit off himself without spot to God. Here it is, purge. The word purge means to cleanse, purify, sanctify your conscience from dead works so you can serve, worship the living God. Why people can't worship God? Evil conscience. So you got to get that stuff out your heart. God would do it. If you got stuff in your heart, you still remember evil that you've done to people, people done to you. Or you might want to do to people. You need your heart cleansed. If you can't love, then you got sin in your heart. That's what you got to understand. And evil conscience means I got sin in my heart and I can't love. So God gives you a new heart. He gives you that. We went over that with Ezekiel. He gave you a new heart, a new mind, new soul, new spirit. He gave you everything new. And he puts himself in your heart and he is love. So that's what you got to understand. When you can't love, I just can't love them, Pastor. Well, you need to get saved. Because you're born of love if you're born again. You're born of love. So if you're born of love, you can forgive like God. And it's not your love. It's God's love. Hello? When you get born again, God put his love in your heart. And if his love in your heart, you can love everybody. God so loved everybody. So you just can't say, well, I don't like them folk there. I don't like them folk. You don't have God's love. God love everybody. Come on, say it with me. God love everybody. If I got God's love, I got to love everybody. That's how it is. It don't make no difference. You love the dog, the cat. It make no difference. 
You got to love, love everybody. You can't be partial in your love. Somebody say amen. amen. All right. We, we move right along. My point is, let's go and show you some things that I didn't get to this morning. Uh, let's go to... Yeah, I'm at Hebrew chapter 10. All right. Hebrew chapter 10, verse 1. Thank you for straightening me out, wife. Again, verse number two. That's how we roll, my wife and I. We straighten one another out. And you can't be straightened out, you crook it. <clears throat> Think about it. <laughs> Amen. Don't walk around crooked. Let somebody straighten you out. And verse number two says, he said, for then would they have not ceased to be offered because that the worship was once purged should have had no more conscience of sins. See, if you really was born again and God purged your conscience, you have no more conscience of sin. So when you hear people always talking about, well, what you mean we ain't got sins? So you just keep on walking because they're telling you, I got it. Right. Don't give it to me. I don't want it. I got rid of my sin. Get rid of yours. But in verse 3 says, but in those sacrifices, watch this. In the old covenant, there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. So every year that they go and do Passover, every year, they only do it once a year, they still got a remembrance of sin. There are people take Passover weekly, first Sunday, especially around here. They still got conscious of sin. Why? Because they are sin conscious. They don't want to receive the blood of Christ. If you got the blood of Christ, he cleanses your conscience from the dead works and you have no wrong remembrance of sin. I don't know why people can't get that. Verse 4 says, it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sin. See, Old Testament, they couldn't take it away. They had to just cover it. Cut me back on, thank you. God forgave them. Don't just mark that button, peak or something that you don't miss it. It's not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sin. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he says, sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body. Now this is Jesus. A body thou hast prepared me. Jesus. That's Jesus, the body. And burnt offerings and sacrifice for sin thou hast had no pleasure. Then said I, lo, I come in the volume of the book. is written of me, Jesus, I come to do thy will, O God. Above, when he says, sacrifice and offerings and burnt offerings and offering for sin thou would have no, uh, uh, thou would not neither have any pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then said I, lo, I come in the, in, in, to do thy will, Watch what he did. He taketh away, or the word fulfilled, he taketh away the first covenant that he may establish the second covenant, which is grace. And you will never be established in grace until you take away the first covenant. Until, if you still want to, that's what God showed me. You can't still do communion in the churches, baptism in the churches, foot washing, stanking up the church, and then you trying to get the grace. You operating in flesh. Can't you tell? If somebody next door burning wood in your house, you smell somebody burning wood. If you washing feet in the church, you smell somebody washing feet. Amen. 
All right. Then he says, he taken away the first. He got to take it away, and that's what he did. Verse number 10, by the which will, we are sanctified because he did it. Now we are sanctified through the offering, watch this, of the body. That's Jesus. We are sanctified by the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. See, Jesus Christ gave his body. He gave up his body. He gave up his life. Every priest standing in daily ministry, the Bible says, oftentimes, of the same sacrifice. Watch this. I'm coming to this camera. Which can never, people are still jumping in the water, getting water baptized. Preachers are still talking about water baptism, communion at all. Listen, can never take away sins. But this man, see, this has already happened, but people don't want to accept it. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, I don't know why we can't clap our hands. Somebody help me in here. But this man, Jesus, but this man, Jesus, somebody said Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, he's talking about the man, this man, Jesus, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God. Sat down, it's over. Now, what are you waiting for? From henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. Now, for by one offering, he has, perfected forever them that are sanctified. How many folk in here that are sanctified? God has perfected you forever, them that are sanctified. You know, people don't even want to say they're sanctified. Now, either you holy or you not. And God said he made you holy. That's what it means to be sanctified. Whereof the Holy Ghost is a witness to us that he has said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. Oh, let me get a little water. You got to hear this. Verse number 16. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their heart. I will put my word in their minds. I will write them. And their sins and their iniquity, will I remember no more? I don't know what, what is no more to you? If somebody said, don't call me no more, what do they mean? If they tell you, don't use that credit card no more, they mean don't use it no more. See, we got to understand no more is no more, isn't it? Somebody say hallelujah. See, that's what God had done. Now, I want to give you a few of these quick ones. Ephesians 1, 7. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. See, we got, we got to give him. See, when you come in here, you can give him praise if you know what he's done. Because that's what you praise God for. You praise God for what? For what he's done. You worship him for who he is. Got to always understand it. Why did, it, why did Israel worship the calf? Because they knew who God is. So that's why God was angry. Because he knew he is not a calf. 
You worship God because you know who he is. But you praise God for what he's done. So nobody should have to keep you from praising. Nobody should ever have to stop you from praising. I'm talking about for what he has done. Maybe God has not done anything for you. I'm, talk, I'm talking to the camera. I go back and talk to the camera. Has God done something for you? Come on, praise him. Thank him. Thank him for what he's already done. See, God saved me. I don't know about anybody else, but God saved my soul. And I'm grateful. I'm thankful. And then God gave me the Holy Spirit. I'm grateful. I'm thankful. Every day of my life. See, once God gives you the Holy Spirit, guess what? You will never, ever be alone again. Let me say it again. Once God gives you the Holy Spirit, you will never, ever be alone again. Man, people be like, I'm all by myself. I'm trying to get by myself sometimes. You haven't done that? I, my wife would tell me, I'm going in the bedroom, lie down. I shouldn't be. Do you want me to come in there? No. Don't you know when somebody want to be alone? Honey, don't you go and shut the door. I just need to go be alone. There's nothing wrong with that. But she's never alone. Because the Lord is with you. He's in you. All day, every day, seven days a week, somebody giving praise in the house. That's why I'm so grateful. Man, I be... You know, it's something to feel God putting his, touching you with his spirit. It's like, oh my God, I just wish everybody in this church had that. And I'm not going to stop preaching until everybody in this church get it. I want, I want you to know the Lord. I want you to know that you, I, I want you to be laying there in your bed like, like you did when you first were born and smile to all of your faith. Because you know the Lord is just talking to you and ministering to you. That's what it's all about, man. My wife would tell you, I try to get to bed early, 6 o'clock if I can. Because I want to spend that time alone just with the Lord. It's nothing like, I just can't go to sleep. Well, good, talk to the Lord. Let him talk to you. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. In whom, talking about in Christ, Verse 6 says, to the praise of his glory, of, of his grace, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved. He has made us accept already. God's already accepted you. And verse number 7 says, in whom we have redemption. Redemption is one word, forgiveness. You have forgiveness. How did you get it? You got it through his blood. You didn't get, you didn't get it because you were baptized in water. You got it through his blood. According to the riches of his grace. According to the riches of his grace. That's how you got it. Don't let nobody tell you you got forgiveness because you did something. When God saved you, he gave you forgiveness. When God saved you, he made you acceptable. You don't have to go around here trying to get God to accept you. Now you may have to do that to the woman you talk to or the guy you talk to, but it's not with God. Amen. You can spend all your money on that woman trying to get her to accept you, but that's not how it is with God. God accepts you just the way you are. 
Amen. Because he has big plans for your life. And it, once he accepts you, he's going to make you to what he wants you to be. Amen. That's how our God works. Somebody give him a big hand. He's worthy. God has purchased our freedom with his own blood. They go to Colossians 1.12. It's an awesome thing to know God has purchased my own, my freedom with his own blood. So if I go here and tell you, oh, I got saved because when I got water baptized, can't you see how that sounds? And God has purchased our salvation with his own blood? My Lord. Ephesians, I'm sorry. Colossians chapter 2. Chapter 1, verse 12. Oh, y'all are listening today. I like that. Let's go, let's go to verse 12. Giving thanks. There it is. Giving thanks to the Father who has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in life. What else did he do, Lord? Who has delivered us from the power of darkness, translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. What else did he do? In whom, talking about in Christ, we have redemption. There it is again. What is redemption? We have forgiveness. How we got it? Through his blood. That's how we got forgiven. Do you, do you know what God says? We have forgiveness. Now, if I have forgiveness, I don't have to get up every morning and ask for forgiveness. But I do get up in the morning, I thank God for forgiveness. Everything, come on, thank you. That's what he's trying to, he's trying to get you to praise him. He's trying to get you to thank him. Every day you ought to get up, Lord, thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for your forgiveness of sin. God gave me forgiveness when I receive his son, when I believe his message. The forgiveness of sin. I mean, look at Peter. Let's go to Peter. First Peter chapter 1, verse 18. First Peter chapter 1. Now, this is the one I got to read in the NLT. First Peter chapter 1, verse 18. I am so excited knowing that what I've done in my life, God has already forgiven me. And not only that, he doesn't remember no more. Now, that's big time for people because people like to go to God and say, you, you remind God of what they did. Can't you imagine what a boring prayer that is? When God just like, what are they saying? What are they talking about? Lord, I'm sorry what I did. What? See, we still want to make God. We don't feel like if we prayed unless we remind God. What, you know how? Because that's what you do with them old, old prayer before you got saved. Now lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to change. If I should die before I wake. What kind of prayer is that? That's so selfish. Now you got people all in the room, but if I die before I wake up, I pray the Lord will take my soul. Well, you will get saved. You got to worry about doing, praying that stupid prayer. That's what I call it, a stupid, selfish prayer. First Peter chapter 1, verse 18. I'm not talking to you. That wasn't only your prayer. You're probably not old enough. They, some of y'all remember them giving us them prayer. We, I heard somebody. Y'all remember that? See, y'all got to be up in, you got you to be just about, y'all, y'all six or seven or something like that. No. Somebody over there? Hey, y'all got a witness? I'm telling y'all, man, they gave us the most dumb prayers. 
First Peter, they didn't know any better. First Peter chapter one, did the best they can. And verse 18, first Peter 1.18, come to this camera right here. First Peter 1.18, for you know that God paid a ransom to save you. Did you know that? Listen, God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And when I saw them going like, God saved me from an empty life that I got from my ancestors. That's all they left me, an empty life. Hmm. Wow. Oh, Lord Jesus. For you know that God, put it on the screen. I want to make sure it's on the screen. For you know that, okay, there it is. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And the ransom he paid was not mere gold and silver. It was the precious blood of Christ. Somebody say it was the precious blood of Christ. Watch this. The sinless, spotless Lamb of God. God chose him as your ransom long before the world began. But he has now revealed him to you in these last days. Now that was to the Jewish believer. I know we got people not theists think they got a last days. I don't even worry you. Go on, have your last days. And then in verse 21, through Christ, you have come to trust in God. And you have placed your faith and hope in God because he raised Christ from the dead and gave him great glory. You were cleansed. Now here it is, verse 22. You were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth. Otherwise, when you believed on Christ, when you believed Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, you were cleansed from your sins. So now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. See, that's what God wants from you now. If you're saved, you're born of God, you're born of love. Start using your love to love other people. Love each other deeply. Watch this, with all your heart. What? You, maybe you haven't been loving. Because you got to love people with all your heart. If you don't love people with all your heart, maybe you're not loving. Hmm. Isn't that something? Let's go to Isaiah 53, verse 3 through 5 in the King James. Man, it's an awesome thing to be able to love people. It's an awesome thing to receive love. Ain't that right? I say it's an awesome thing to receive love. How many know how it feels when you're going through something and somebody share love with you? You remember those days? Now you have to do is share that same love with somebody else. Because you, you have experienced Everybody have not experienced God's love. How many have experienced God's love? Sure you have. Once you experience God's love, it's your responsibility is to share that same love with somebody else. I know I share about going somewhere, but I'm going to go to, I'm gonna have to go here for it. Go to Psalm 103 and verse 8. Psalm 103 and verse 8. We'll get to that in a minute. I only got 10 minutes. Psalm 103 and verse 8. 
I want to read that down in verse 12. Psalm 103 and verse 8. The Lord, we're in the King James verse. The Lord is merciful and gracious. He's slow to anger. He's plenty in mercy. Now, let, let me remind you what, what, why this message is so important. Because when God showed me this, in the Old Testament, sin was covered. So that means that God remembered what Israel did in the Old Covenant. In the New Covenant, he does not remember your sins anymore. So please, when you pray, stop telling God about your mess. He don't want to know about all that stuff you did. Ain't that right? Somebody say, ooh, we. Right. Because you don't want to sit here. You know, you, it's just like you, you meet somebody and you tell them all, all the stuff you did last week. They're going to just sit up here and just go, I don't know if I want to meet you or not. Let's go to Psalm 103. Look at somebody and say, I'm a nice person. Psalm 103 and verse 8. Are you there? Watch this. The Lord is merciful. And this is how God is. He's gracious. He's slow to anger. And he planted in mercy. Now that's why he covered their sin in the old covenant. It doesn't mean that they didn't do it. That's why they had a Passover. God just passed over that. That's what the blood for. So God can cover that. All right. But new covenant, he doesn't cover it. He washed it away. And that's what I want you to understand the difference. And verse 9 says, he would not always child, neither will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us, watch this, after our sins. Why? Because he covered them. He didn't deal with them. That's why we use the word forbearance, Romans 3, 25, 26. He did not deal with them after their sins. He didn't reward them according to their iniquity. Not no covenant. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. So that's what God gave them. God gave them mercy. And that's what he did to you. But he didn't just, wash, he didn't just cover your sin. He just washed your sins away. Listen, your sin don't exist no more. Amen. Now that's an awesome thing to tell a person. I know it's hard to say something. It's, it's just hard. It's hard in the system. For somebody to tell you your sin don't exist when you know all the stuff you did. Because you know what? You haven't let it go. Even you don't want to let it go. It's just like, no, them two, them two good of sins. <laughs> when you realize sin is stinky, you'll let it go. Verse number 12. Watch what God says. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgression from us. All he did was remove them from them. It was still there. Now, let me show you this. Let's go to Psalm 78. I want to take the last seven minutes because I want to take some time in Psalm 78. Now, when I said God still remembered, that's Old Testament. See, the best news I could receive is God did not remember my sin no more. I, like I told you, I don't know what y'all did, but I was not saved. You can get quiet on me if you want it. You wasn't saved neither. But thank God he didn't remember. Listen, John, it's an awesome thing to go to somebody. 
for mercy and they don't remember what I've done wrong. See, when people, you go to people that you got something from and they remember you didn't pay it back last time. They just gonna look at you like, you think I'm crazy? But if they didn't remember that the last time, maybe they give it to you, right? That's why God keep giving. Can't you get it? He doesn't remember that you owed him 10 from the last time. That's not the way God is. Psalm 78, watch this. In verse 9. Watch, watch this, Psalm 78, verse 9. The children of Ephraim, being armed, carrying bows, and turn, they turn back in the battle. God is telling them what happened. They kept not the covenant of God, and they refused to walk in his law. This is what God put down and told the man to, to put down in the word. This is how people treated God. That's not how God, that's not the God you got new covenant. You got a forgiving God, a long-suffering God, a patient God, slow to anger, a, a, a God that don't remember your sins no more. I don't know why we don't love this kind of God. Israel was on the other side of God, boy. All right, they didn't have no new covenant. The blood of Christ hadn't come yet. All right, they were under the law. Watch this here. And, and watch what verse number, uh, they refused to walk in his law. Verse 11 says, they forgot his works. They forgot his wonders that he had showed them. Marvelous thing did he in the sight of their fathers, in the land of Egypt, in, in the field of Zone. He divided the Red Sea called them to pass through and he made the water to stand up on the heat. He's telling them everything that, that he did and yet they don't love me. See what God didn't, God remember what they had done and what they hadn't done. That's not the God you got new covenant. In the daytime also he led them with a cloud all the night. He had a light of fire around him. He clayed the rock. He split the rock in the wilderness and gave them drink out of the great depths. He brought streams also out of the rock, caused water to run down like rivers. You know what they did? They sinned yet more against him by provoking him the most high in the wilderness. They tempted God in their heart by asking meat for their lust. Yea, they spake against God and said, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Behold, he smote the rock and the water gushed out and the streams overflowed. Can he give bread also? Can he provide flesh for his people? Therefore the Lord heard this and was angry. So a fire was kindled against Jacob. His anger also came up against Israel because they believed not their God. They didn't believe their God. They didn't trust in his salvation. Though he had commanded the clouds from above, and opened the doors of heaven. He rained down manna upon them to eat. Also gave them corn, the corn of heaven. Man did eat angels' food. He sent their meat to the full. He caused an east wind to blow in the heaven. And by his power he brought in the south wind. He rained flesh upon them as dust. Feathered fowls like at the sand of the sea ate all they want. He let it fall in the midst of their camp round about their habitation. So they did eat and were filled. 
and he gave them their own desire. They were not estranged from their lust. While the meat was yet in their mouth, the wrath of God came upon them and slew the fetters of them and smote them, the choice of the men of Israel. Why? For all this they sinned still, and they believed not as one of his works. Therefore their days did he consume in his vanity, their years in trouble. When he slew them, they sought him. When he slew them, then they sought him. They waited until they couldn't pay the bill, and then they called on God. When everything was fine, they didn't have anything to do with it. When he slew them, they sought him and they returned and inquired early after God. All oh, they were there then. They remembered that God was their rock. Can you hear him? He's my rock. Hallelujah. And the high God, their redeemer. Nevertheless, they did not flatter him with their mouth because he knew them. They lied unto him with their tongues. Their heart was not right with him. Neither were they steadfast in his covenant. But he being full of compassion, that's the God we serve. He being full of compassion, he forgave their iniquity. He destroyed them not. Yea, many a time he turned his anger away and he did not stir up all his wrath. That's the kind of God you got. He remembered that they were but flesh. A wind that passeth away and cometh not again. How often did they provoke him in the wilderness? They grieved him in the desert. Yet they turned back and they tempted God and they limited the Holy One of Israel. They remembered not his hand, nor the day when he delivered them from their enemy. How he had wrought his signs in Egypt, his wonders in the field of Zoan. He had turned their rivers into blood and their floods they could not drink. He sent diverse sorts of flies among the, their enemy, which drowned, would devour them, frogs would destroy them. He gave all their increases unto the caterpillar and their labors unto the locusts. He destroyed their vine with hail, their sycamore tree with frog. He gave up their cattle unto the hail and their flocks to the hot thunderbolt. He cast upon them the fierce anger of his anger, his wrath. They saw it upon their enemy, indignation and trouble by sending evil angels against his enemy. He made a way to his anger. He spared not the soul from death, but he gave their life over to the pestilence. That's how he treated their enemies. He smote all their firstborn in Egypt, the chief of their strength in the tabernacle of Ham. But he made his people to go forth like sheep. He guided them in the wilderness like a flock. He led them on the safely so that they feared not. Even the sea overwhelmed their enemy. He brought them to the border of the sanctuary, even to the mountain which his right hand had purchased. He cast out the heathens out of the land before them and divided them for the inheritance by land and made the tribe of Israel to dwell in their tents. Put the people out and put Israel in the land and yet they won't praise it. Yet he, they tempted him and they provoked the Most High, kept not his testimony. They turned their back on him and they dwelt unfaithfully like their fathers. They were turned aside like the deceitful bow. For they provoked him to anger with the high places. They worshiped him other gods. 
They made him jealousy with their graven images. When God heard this, he was angry. And he abhorred Israel so that he forsook the tabernacle of Shiloh, the tent which he placed among them. He delivered his strength into captivity and his glory gave into his enemy hand. He gave his people over unto the sword and was angry with his own inheritance. And verse number 63 says, the fact of their young men and their maidens were not given to marriage. Their priests fell by the sword. Their widows made no lamentation. Then the Lord awake as one out of sleep as a like a mighty man that shouted by the reason of wine and he smote their enemy for them. In their hinder parts, I like that. He put them into a perpetual reproach. Moreover, he refused the tabernacle of Joseph. He chose not the tribe of Israel, but he chose the tribe of Judah, Mount Zion, which he loved. And he built his sanctuary in the high places of the earth, which he had established forever. He chose David also, his servant, and he took him from the shepherd, from following the sheepfold. He led them all in, in the integrity of his heart. He guided them by the skillfulness of his hand. Man, when you hear what God did, and yet look at how the people did. Come on, get up on your feet. That's why we praise him in here. I got three amens. Come on, get up on your feet. Let's let God that we serve know. We appreciate him. Come on, let him know you appreciate it. God hears us. God sees us. Come on, let him know we appreciate it. Come on, open your mouth. Tell the Lord you appreciate it. Come on, thank him for what you have. Thank God for what he's done for you. God has given us about a whole month, a whole month with no cold weather for a whole month. You gotta be able to praise him. You gotta be able to thank him. Your blessing don't just come from one place, it come from other places. Come on, thank the Lord. Thank God for his goodness. Thank God for his mercy. Thank God for his help. Thank him for the strength you got. Thank him for the job you got. Thank him that you, your people are still alive. God is saving people. Your children are saved. You have to thank God for that. Your children going to church. I'm coming to this camera. We may not have everything we want, but we can look around and we can be grateful. Like I told you, we're going to take every day of this month, every service, because we're going to spend the rest of this year in Thanksgiving. Everything. We are grateful. All the songs that we sang on Sunday, we're grateful. We are thankful. We got to catch up on the Thanksgiving. We got to catch up. We don't want to get behind on the Thanksgiving in this house. When we were in the basement, we filled the house with Thanksgiving. We was on Elizabeth Lake, 
we fill that house with thanksgiving. We're not going to come over here and get cool. We're going to give God his praise. God has been good to us. If you have not received Christ, Christ died, shed his blood, and washed our sins away. God is not the God of the old covenant. They had a different covenant. They had the law. You got grace. You got mercy. God didn't save you because you've been so good. God saved you because you were so bad. Hallelujah! <laughs> oh, glory to God. God saved me because I was so bad. I needed to be saved. Hallelujah! But I want to let him know I appreciate it for saving me. Because I needed to be saved. And I need your salvation every day. I need your help every day. I want to praise you every moment of my life. I just want to spend the rest of my days thanking you and praising you and worshiping you. All you have done. Thank you for your death, your burial, the resurrection. Thank you for saving my soul from here. I could have died and went to hell, but you wouldn't let it be. Thank you. Somebody give the Lord a praise. My time is up. I thank you for yours. And the door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.